are a firefighter, a police officer, an EMS professional. You put your life on the line every day for others. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. Do more, be more, be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I am the founder and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for all the support you give me. This podcast is one of my active efforts to help establish a true community of brotherhood among the ranks. So I hope you find some solace in knowing that you aren't alone and that there are others out there who are looking to build up their brothers instead of isolating them and tearing them down. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the elements of what make up the ideal team player as presented in Patrick Lencioni's book, The Ideal Team Player. I've mentioned this author before in previous episodes, and that's because his insight in regards to teamwork and what it make or I'm sorry, and what makes or breaks a quality team is second to none. He's sought out by multi-million dollar companies to help them refine their mentality when it comes to elements of what make a great team. The ideal he talks about and elements that he breaks down in his multiple books can be directly applied to the fire service and uh, first responder community as well. So in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the elements of what Patrick Lencioni believes make up the ideal team player. So what are the virtues that make up an ideal team player? Well, according to Patrick Lencioni, there are three specific values that the ideal team player possesses. These elements are referred to as virtues. I'm going to refer to them throughout this whole episode as virtues because they're synonymous with quality and asset, but also suggest the idea of integrity and morality. The goal of accountability can be accomplished through integrity and trust. And when we take accountability, we own it, whatever the issue is, good or bad. So that's why I feel these, these virtues are so important to talk about. These virtues support the idea of integrity, which is... Um, huge when it comes to accountability and owning it. So the three virtues are humble, hungry, and smart. And we're going to talk about what each of those means. We're going to define each of those terms in just a few minutes. But I want you to remember those three standout virtues, humble, hungry, smart. So let's break each one of these down one by one, starting with humble. This one's pretty obvious. Um, we cannot abide big egos in the fire service. Now, some of you might be laughing because you know that the fire service is inherently full of people with egos, uh, the fire service, first responder community. Um, but ultimately, what does that get us? Does that get us anywhere? No, it really just puts a block in our communication and, and introduces discontent and contention among the ranks. Great team players lack excessive ego or concerns about their status at all. And they're quick to point out the contributions of others and slow to seek attention for themselves. They share credit, they emphasize team over self, and define success collectively rather than individually. So rather than just pointing out, oh, look how great I am, look at what I've done, it's more of a look what we've done, look what we've been able to accomplish here. Patrick Lencioni states that, quote, humility is the single greatest and most indispensable attribute 
of being a team player. And I agree with him. Mainly because to me, this virtue seems to be either built in or not. We can hire quality and caring people and train them up to the level we want them to be at as long as we're willing to hold them to a standard. However, when we hire someone who's a total jackass, but they're good at their job, we invite problems and discontent among the ranks. When leaders hire this kind of person, they're failing to take into account the effect that that one person has on the entire team or the entire organization. The performance suffers, whether it's communication or whether it's performing tasks. The same can be said when you keep promoting people that can pass a written exam but have no ability to talk to other people and deal with them respectfully or in an interpersonal manner. There are two basic types of people that lack humility, according to Lencioni in his book. He says, First off, overtly arrogant people who make everything about them and take most things personal are the first, are the first kind to identify. These people are really easy to identify, he says, because they tend to brag a lot about themselves or their supposed progress in a process as opposed to letting the results speak for themselves. Instead of doing the work behind the scenes and letting their actions speak for themselves, they're out there, oh, look what I've done. Oh, I've already completed this thing in a short amount of time. Look how amazing I am. This is classic ego, and it diminishes teamwork by fostering resentment, division, and politics. And I'm sure there's a person you're thinking of right now that exhibits this exact behavior. The second type of person he points out that we should be aware of are people who lack self-confidence but are generous and positive with others. Now this doesn't this might not necessarily sound like a like an ego issue, but think about this. It's a reverse form of pride, but it's still worth mentioning. So, it can almost be identified as too much humility. These people tend to discount their own talents and abilities as well as contributions, and so others mistakenly see them as humble, but this is not true humility. While they're obviously not arrogant, their disregard for their own worth is a violation of humility. Truly humble people don't see themselves as greater than they are, but neither do they discount their talents and contributions. C.S. Lewis put it best when he said, quote, Humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. A person who behaves this way hurts the team by not advocating for their own interests and ideas. They also fail to bring attention to problems that they might see, which could put other people in danger. Both of these types of people share insecurity. That's one thing they have in common. Uh, insecurity makes people project overconfidence, and others discount their own abilities. Even though these two different types of people aren't equal in creating problems within the organization, they diminish teamwork and performance nonetheless. Moving on to hungry. Hungry is all about working hard and being passionate about our work. Hungry people are always looking for more, more to do, more to learn, more responsibility to take on. And these are great. These people almost never have to be pushed by a supervisor to work harder because they're self-motivated and diligent on their own right. They're constantly thinking about the next step and the next opportunity, and they loathe the idea that they might be perceived as slackers. Having hungry people on your team is important, but it's good to realize that there are some types of hunger that aren't good for a team. So for example, some people are focused only at their own success as opposed to success of the group. 
They're only focused on their interests. Um, others go to an extreme where work becomes too important, almost to the point of obsession and loss of identity within their role. This happens a lot within the fire service because if you know, we see this sometimes with retirees when they're done, when they're not on the job anymore, they lose their sense of identity because they have buried themselves so far deep within that role that they don't identify as anything else. They don't identify as fathers or grandfathers or husbands or wives or anything like that. Um, so, for example, uh, a fire captain who does everything he can to have a hand in every task assigned to his crew on a major fire. That's just one example of someone who um, exhibits a hunger, but in a negative way. So, like, if, if you're on a fire scene and your crew's been tasked with... Um, pulling a line, providing a ventilation fan, and, and your captain's job is to make sure those things happen, instead of facilitating those things, he's out there putting hands on the, on, the, on the hose line and setting up the fire on his own and literally pushing his, his crewmates and his, his team back. I've seen this on a fire. Um, and it's, it's detrimental because it undermines the crew's ability. It, it it shows the crew that he doesn't have confidence or respect in their ability to perform the tasks that they've been assigned. Uh, these people are sometimes called micromanagers and step on the toes of their own teammates, causing resentment, just like in the example I mentioned. Uh, the type of hunger that adds to the team is displayed in a manageable and sustainable commitment to doing a good job and going above and beyond when it's truly required. This isn't to say that people's efforts in going above and beyond should be stifled. By any means, that's not what I'm saying. It simply means that there's a level of appropriate response that should be managed and should be utilized. It's not all or nothing. For example, when responding to a structure fire, I've been asked the question, would you rather have too many resources or not enough? And to which I answered, well, why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't we respond appropriately? Why does it have to be all or nothing? Why can't we mitigate isn't isn't our job to mitigate the incident incident so shouldn't we manage it appropriately why does it have to be one extreme or another it shouldn't be overkill or underperform it should be a matter of an appropriate response let me give you another example uh, this one's more on the ems side so on a difficulty breathing call or any ems call for that matter it's best to work from least invasive to most invasive and these are the words of my medical director this isn't just me preaching to you guys. This is how I operate. I go least invasive to most invasive. Somebody's having a difficult time breathing or coughing, I don't just jump right to intubating them. I don't jump right to removing their ability to breathe simply because I can do it. I work least invasive to most invasive. And then I stop with what's working. If it's working, good. Let it keep going. So if someone's presenting with a low oxygen level and that symptom's alleviated with providing simple supplemental O2, do we really need to throw the entire drug box at them just because we can? Do I really need to pump their body full of different things just because I have the authority to do so? So my answer is no. Um, that specifically displays the attitude of the negative side of being hungry. And finally, the last virtue, smart. Now this isn't smart like book smart or intelligence level or how many degrees you have. The smart has to do with being aware of the people around you and dealing with them in a positive and functional way. That's how we're defining smart. It refers to a person's common sense about people. 
It's got everything to do with the ability to be interpersonally appropriate and aware. So an example of a person who is not smart would be the type of person who would continually put hands on other people in an uncomfortable and inappropriate way. That person doesn't have a common sense about how other people, um, about other people's level of comfort around them and what's appropriate and what's not for the situation. Smart people know what's going on around them and they know how to deal with others effectively by asking good questions, uh, listening to what others are saying, and staying intently engaged in conversations. A smart person does not talk over people in efforts to be heard. Another term often used to describe a smart person is emotional intelligence. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. Um, there's numerous books on emotional intelligence, and it's basically able to navigate the waters or navigate the minefield of people's emotions so you don't um, necessarily take things personal, and you're able to best accommodate that person based on their needs at the time. Uh, these people typically are aware of how the things they say or do or don't say or do will impact those around them. Back in episode two, uh, where I talked about organizational health, I talked about the elements that destroy teamwork, lack of trust, fear of conflict, lack of commitment, avoidance of accountability, and inattention to results. And if you were to ask the question, could a person overcome these dysfunctions without, dis or without subscribing to the idea of being humble, hungry, and smart? The answer would be a firm no. A person who is not humble will not be able to be vulnerable and build trust, making them unable to engage in honest conflict and hold others accountable. They'll also have a hard time committing to something that wasn't their idea or that doesn't serve their specific interests. And a person who lacks hunger won't be able to engage in meaningful conflict that may be uncomfortable but would hold people accountable. Again, there's that A word, accountable. Someone who isn't hungry isn't going to do whatever it takes to achieve the mission and oftentimes will take the path of least resistance. Uh, finally, a person who isn't smart will most likely create needless problems in the entire team building process, especially when it comes to tactfully engaging in productive conflict and holding people, you guessed it, accountable for their behaviors. All right, everyone. So like I mentioned uh, just a little bit ago, it's best not to be all or nothing. It's best not to be one extreme or the other. And so when you're dealing with people, they're going to fall somewhere within the gray, as we all do. So let's talk about the different dynamics involved in regards to different levels of these three virtues that we've just reviewed. And then let's talk about some action steps you can take to make efforts to becoming that ideal team player. So uh, these are Patrick Lencioni's terms. He gives them kind of cutesy terms, um, but they help stick in your brain so that you can identify them and you can also identify the behavior in yourself. So one for three. So these people have one of the three traits. If they have humble only, if they only uh, show the humble virtue, they're considered a pawn. Usually pleasant, kind-hearted, unassuming. Uh, the pawn doesn't have a great need to get things done and lacks the ability to build effective relationships. They have little impact on the performance of a team and can survive for years on a team that doesn't require high performance and values harmony over honesty. Now, I prefer honesty over harmony because ultimately that honesty will lead you to harmony. 
So if I continually allow somebody to keep getting away with slacking on getting IVs or not getting me blood sugars when I need them or, you know, whatever it is, if, if I'm having an issue with somebody, I would prefer to be honest with that person and let them know what the issue is so then we can move on, uh, address the issue, shore up our teamwork, and create that harmony through that honesty. Let's talk about people who are hungry only. These people are called the bulldozers. They are determined to get things done, but with a focus on self-interest. They rarely have concern or understanding of how their actions affect those around them. These people are quick destroyers of teams and are much easier to spot than the pawn. Organizations that have a disregard for teamwork and brotherhood and focus on tasks alone will allow bulldozers to thrive and go uncorrected for years. So we deal in people in the fire service and in the first responder community. We deal in people. That's who we deal with. We're not making widgets. We're not manufacturing anything. Ultimately, customer service is our is our main driving force um, in any effort that we're doing, whether it's fire protection or EMS services. So the fact that these bulldozers can exist within our organizations and then get promoted is it, it, it's hard for me to understand because they're just not good. They're self-interested. They're not concerned with helping others, really. I mean, they may, they may do it just enough to get by, and I think maybe that's how they, they skate through. But um, we as a fire service and as first responder community focusing on customer service should really put a stop to this ideal. We should really put a stop to these people who are out there who are the bulldozers, who are hungry only and serving their self-interests. Uh, finally, a person who is smart only is considered the charmer. These people are entertaining, likable uh, for a while. But when it comes to valuing the long-term well-being of a team, they have little concern. Their social ability can help them survive longer than bulldozers, but they usually wear out their welcome pretty quickly. So these people are great on the surface, and they'll go around and they'll schmooze and they'll be, oh yeah, we're good, we're good, or we're drinking buddies, and this is great. And He's a quote-unquote good dude. But I don't know about you, I require more than just being a good dude to be on my crew. Like, I would prefer someone who's a, a good dude, but more than that i want you to be good at your job i want you to be good at having conversations that you know you're not quick to personal attacks i want that person to be able to communicate well um to be able to make the people that we serve feel important and make them feel like we're we genuinely have their best interests at heart not just some superficial charmer that's saying what he knows will help get him ahead, but ultimately doesn't have much substance to back it up. So let's talk about uh, the people who have two of the three. These people show obviously two of the virtues uh, and can be a little bit more difficult to identify because their strengths are going to camouflage some of those weaknesses. So <clears throat> let's talk about people who are humble and hungry, but not smart. Patrick Lencioni refers to this person as the accidental messmaker. These people want to contribute and have a desire for the credit, but are lacking in their ability to communicate well with those around them. They've got good intentions, and they can usually take uh, criticism like in a laughing manner. They take criticism well, but 
they can be um, somewhat unable to properly communicate and therefore causes a breakdown within the group. Uh, these people, fortunately, can be coached up and brought quickly into an ideal team player status with some effort and with some tools that uh, the author talks about in his book. Let's move on to the humble and smart but not hungry. This is referred to as the lovable, <laughs> excuse me, the lovable slacker. These people are nice enough and are somewhat thoughtful of others, but will only usually do what they're asked. Or if they do it at all, they might forget or they might just get so concerned with something else that they don't even, they just, it skips their mind. Uh, the lovable slacker creates drag for the success of the entire team as they continually need oversight. They continually need to be babysat. Hey, did you get that thing taken care of? Hey, I need you to make sure that um, there's water in the hose going to the fire. Hey, I need you to make sure to leave my leave my EMS boxes on scene with me until the call is done. Don't don't remove them from me. Don't take my tools from me, inhibiting me from doing my job. Uh, finally, let's talk about the most dangerous one of all: hungry and smart, but not humble. This is referred to as the skillful politician. Cleverly ambitious and willing to work hard, but only towards something that is self-serving. What makes them the most dangerous of these uh, is that they're smart in their ability to convince people that they're humble. Uh, but by the time the organization's leaders or anyone has realized the danger of this person, they've usually created a trail of toxicity and destruction behind them. They've destroyed relationships. They've... Um, used people they these people can be um identified because they'll create a relationship with you and then they'll just drop you they won't even talk to you anymore they'll get what they need out of the relationship and then they will not talk to you anymore um, or they will avoid you and not talk to you based on the perception of others oh you talk to that person well i can't be friends with you or um some some kind of ridiculous social standing uh, caste system that we tend to have. These people usually get rewarded in systems that value individual performance over teamwork. Um, they're great manipulators. They know how to work the system and they know how to, quote, play the game. And so usually the people who are, quote, playing the game are these types of people. And then when they get into those positions that they get into, when they've been promoted to administrative positions and they do not know what the hell they are doing and everybody sees it and everybody's like, how does that person have the position they have? Well, I don't know. Well, we promoted him. Why do we keep promoting these, these people, these snakes in the grass, and these people who are just skillful politicians who can utilize people and navigate their way through without being genuine only to get what they want? I don't know. It's confusing to me. Maybe you guys can help me find answers to those questions. Let's move on to some action steps that we can take to help better ourselves and, and possibly those around us become ideal team players. So improvement starts with yourself, right? That's like the crux of this entire podcast. Improvement starts with you. You got to look in the mirror. You got to evaluate yourself. You have to identify where you fall on the scale. So Patrick Lencioni's consulting firm, The Table Group, has put together a PDF version of a self-assessment that can help you find where you lie in regards to these three virtues, humble, hungry, smart. 
So if you'd like a copy of the PDF, just email me at ignitedff at gmail.com and I'll shoot one over to you. I've got one. I can shoot it over to you. It's not a big deal. Again, that's ignitedff as in firefighter, ignitedff at gmail.com. I'll be happy to email you. Um, maybe even put some of your questions if you have any in the email and then I can address them on the, the Facebook group or even in the podcast. That'd be great. Um, one, another thing you can do is have a discussion with your team, have an active discussion, sit down as a group and openly talk about what it means to be humble, hungry, and smart. Talk about it in these terms, in these definitions that we've talked about today. Then rather than talk about how everyone else is lacking in these traits, have everyone discuss how they themselves feel they might be falling short when it comes to these invaluable virtues. And this isn't meant to be a nag session. It's merely an opportunity to openly communicate and build some trust by being a little bit vulnerable with each other. All right, everyone, this wraps up this week's episode of the Ignited Firefighter podcast. Let's review what we've gone over today. Keep in mind that I'm not trying to preach sermons here. My goal is to simply relay information that I find valuable to you guys so that you can take what you may find helpful and implement it in your lives, in your organizations, to help make things better from your level. And then hopefully that grassroots effort will spread all the way to the top. Uh, all of the topics that I talk about are things that I've personally read about and found value in. So like I said, take what you find valuable, adapt it to your unique situation. I'd really love to hear how you've implemented the ideas expressed and what you have found worked or didn't work for you. And this is just as much as a refinement for myself as it may be for you. So let's talk about what we, what we went over today. Uh, we talked about a set of interpersonal ideals that can help you identify the ideal team player, as well as help you consciously make efforts to become that ideal team player. So a quick review. What, what are those virtues? Humble, hungry, and smart. Humble. A person's ability to understand that they're not above the most menial task within the organization and that there's always something to be learned. Hungry. The drive a person has to accomplish a task or goal in a passionate way. And finally, smart. The awareness a person has of the people around them and that they deal with those people in a positive and functional way. Through conscious effort, we can keep these concepts, these virtues, at the forefront of our minds and make efforts towards fostering them within ourselves and hopefully within others through our examples. Make it a point this week to keep the practices of being humble, hungry, and smart at the forefront of your mind and make observations as how, by incorporating these virtues, your situation and or relationships might have changed for the better. Again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic, so please post them in the Ignited Facebook group or in the announcement thread after this episode is posted. This has been another episode of the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. As always, thanks for listening, and please subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, or Spotify. And if you want to learn more about Ignited, visit the website at ignitedff.com, where you can read a little more about me and get links to all my social media outlets. Also, 
you love to read and discuss ideas as much as I do, join the Ignited Readers Book Club on Facebook. Simply do a search for the Ignited Readers Book Club, answer a few questions, and you're in. I look forward to discussing new ideas like the ones we talked about today. And until next time, own it and be hard to kill out there. Bye.